0: Well, um, I don't know if any of you are the same as me, but I absolutely love the garden. I love being in it. I love getting my hands dirty. I love the aesthetics of it. Not only that, but I just love nature in general. About four years ago, I came across something on an Instagram page. Uh, For those who do not have Instagram, it's social media. Um, uh, There was this place called Henningsve in Norway. Anyone heard of it? No lucky me. Um, uh, It is this small little town in the north of Norway. It's a small fishing town. All of a sudden, you've just got landscape of uh, a few little um, islands and a few little boats, and then you turn around, all of a sudden, there's just this skyscraped mountain that snows falling on top, and it is just mesmerizing, and that is God's creation. God created that type of nature for us. But I also love vineyards, I love the density of forests. I love the textures of different plants. I genuinely have such a passion for gardening and for nature. And so what better way than to bring my last sermon to you guys, coming from John 15, where Jesus is the vine and God is the gardener and we are the branches. And so this is where we're going to start off. If we could have that first slide up, please, Mal, of the um, villa. Right here, we have an an Italian villa, and it's organised, and it's well-produced, and it's flourishing. Now, I've been to Italy before, and I haven't seen a vineyard quite like this. And if you go to the Hunter Valley, it's nowhere near as beautiful as this, but it's organised. And it's because the thicker the vine, the stronger the branches. And you see how they all intertwine with one another, there's not one that's left aside or cast aside. They are connected and they are unified. And that's what we are called to do when we are part of God's kingdom. And then we'll go to the next, uh, the next slide, please. This is an old Italian man. I've no idea who he is. I got this off Google images. But I picture this man being wise, patient, strong, protective for his plants. As a gardener, you need to be patient and strong. But you also need to make sure that your plants are well kept, have lots of sun, lots of water, pruned, cut back. Now, I may be a good gardener, and I was a gardener beforehand, and I'm actually going back into gardening after this, funnily enough. Um, and as, as good as I think I am, I'm actually quite rubbish at it. I've mown other people's lawns accidentally, I've cut power lines and cheated death legitimately with my power tool. I've bought the wrong tools. I've planted the wrong plants. I'm not a gardening expert. But this man here is the gardener. And as we see in this passage, in verse 1, I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. The God who created heaven and earth created us. His children is the gardener. Sometimes we picture God being this big man with a big suit sitting behind a desk, giving us rules and commandments and obligations. Someone that you say, come in, I need to talk to you for 10 minutes, and he just tells you a whole bunch of things that you need to go and do, get them done by the end of the day, and then you're gone, and then you don't see him for the rest of the week. As we can tell from uh, the passage that we're going to look at today, and from that picture, if we can have that back up, please, Mel. Our God is not that type of God. Our God is an intimate and loving God, and He is one who wants to be part with us. He's helping to prune us. He's helping to water us, making us be fed, making sure that we're protected. Our gardener is a good gardener, and our God is a good God. So with today's pictures of the vineyard and the elderly Italian man who looks absolutely fantastic in that get up. Why is it so important for us to understand the passage of Jesus being the vine and God being the gardener? Well, it's because it has a massive significance in our day to day lives. As a gardener, you need to have two things you need to have strength and you need to have patience. And God has mastered both, and we have not. I'm still so impatient with my sister, and I need to be, I I, sorry, and I need to get over that, and I need to be more patient with her. If we continue on, in verse 4, it says this, Abide in me, as I also abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must abide in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Well then there's your answer. Abide in him and you will bear fruit. That about wraps up my sermon. So um thank you very much for attending. No, no, no. What does it mean to actually abide? Well, it means to be a part of a good church. It means to be faithful. It means to be reading God's Word. It means to be prayerful. It means so much more than what we see on the surface. But it actually means to long for Jesus. You must abide in Him. And in chapter 15, the word abide is said nine times. just in in that chapter. And if it's said that many times in a small chapter, it must mean it has paramount importance. But what does a bite actually mean? When you think about it, it has many correlations to it. We usually think of it in this context as an internal spiritual thing. But to help me understand it more so, I actually like to picture it as a physical thing. So play along with me. I'm not a parent but I, I, have, I am a child and I have been a child. If your child climbs up a tree and you've lost him, you've gone, where's Billy? I can't, I can't see him. And you see him up in a tree and he yells, help! It's because he's stuck and he's going to abide onto that trunk as best as he can. He's going to latch onto it because if he doesn't, he'll fall and we all know how that will end. Abiding is a physical thing that we need to do, not only internally, but externally. It's something that we need to attain our entire lives to. So when it comes to the context of this, we need to abide in Jesus. We need to make sure that in every aspect of our lives, whether big or small Or in front of our face or in the back of our mind, we need to be looking to Him for strength. Because if our branches are weak and fragile, we will snap off. But Jesus, as we see here in verse 4, abide in me as I also abide in you. It's a relationship. That's why, when you see a garden, if you go out into, the, into the, um, South America and you go into the Amazon forest, everything is intertwined. Everything is strong. There is nothing that is going to break those, there's nothing that is going to separate it. And that's, not, and that's because we have been called to abide in Him. And He's automatically abiding in us, no matter what, no matter if we're trying to break off and we're trying to go and find our own tree or our own vine. No, we are going to go back to Him, and that's what we're called to do. But what about the spiritual abiding? Think about it for a second in your own life, in your children, in your friends, in yourself. What do you need to do to help you abide back to Jesus. I've got a few minister friends of mine and they're a lot older than me because I cannot get up at 6am to save the life of anyone but uh, I know a few people who will wake up an hour before the morning sun will rise. They'll wear their hoodie, they'll get a nice cup of coffee, they'll have a torch in one hand and they will have the Bible in the other and they will sit outside and they will spend hours until the sun rises in God's Word, setting themselves up for the day. Now that's abiding. I had my alarm set this morning for six to try and do it, and I got out of bed at 8.30. It didn't work at all. And I have to be up at 5.30 tomorrow, and I'm not looking forward to it. Not one bit. But what does abiding look like for you? Could it be that you love nature just as I do, and you need to go and spend a morning, or an hour at least, in the national park, being amazed at God's creation and being thankful? Or is it that you are more prayerful? And if you are, spend five minutes every hour, every day that you're awake, or try and do it as you're asleep, praying. And not just praying for the things in your life, but praying for the things of the world. Praying for India. That's a big one. Or maybe for you, it's attending absolutely everything you can within this church. The Bible studies, the prayer and praise nights, the coffee, bacon and end, that is for all, not just men. You're welcome. What is it in your heart that is causing you to slowly break off from God's vine? Because He's calling you. He is pouring His Spirit onto you. I don't know how uh, much of an expert you are on plants, but um, did you know that they're living things? Mm, Yes, they're living things. And you can tell when one's dead. Jesus is a living vine and He is growing, and He is helping us to grow. And the gardener is helping Him do that. Isn't that just a beautiful image for a second, that the Son of God has come down to cleanse us, to make us grow, to purify us, to save us. He's poured His Spirit into us, what are you pouring your spirit into? What are you abiding in? What's replacing Jesus in your life currently right now? If we keep going on from verse 6, it says this, "'If you do not abide in me, "'you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. "'Such branches are picked up, "'thrown into the fire and burned. "'But if you abide in me and my word abides in you,' Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you may bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Anyone seen Toy Story 3 here? Remember the scene when uh, all the toys are about to die, and they're about to go into the fiery furnace, and they're just like, oh, well, we need to hold hands because we've been unified in this life together, and we're going to go and die together. But then all of a sudden, the three aliens come and they pick him up and scoop him. Scoop him out right in the last minute. Sometimes we think to ourselves, well, I don't have that type of strength in me. Jesus may abide in me, but sometimes it's just hard to trust in him. Sometimes it's hard to lay down my life and take up my cross and follow him. And you think, well, I don't have that much longer. I don't think God's going to protect me as much as I think he is. I may as well just give up. No, God is those three aliens. It does not matter how far you think you have left. He will scoop you up. He will protect you. He will cleanse you and he'll save you, just like the three aliens did to Woody, which is me. But we do need to be cautious, very cautious about what we abide in, because if we do not abide in him, We are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. In other words, we're trash. I don't know about you, but I don't want my legacy on earth to be known as trash or rubbish. But it doesn't matter about what my legacy is. It's about the legacy that Jesus leaves in me. It's about what He has set before me. And He set before me the truth that I need to abide in Him, and we all need to do it. But who is Jesus? He is the Word. He's the Son of God. He's our brother. He's our Savior. And you can find it in the Gospel. You can find it in all of the Bible. This truth that we put our lives in, we need to abide in it. And so this idea of a Gospel-centered church, Well, you guys are doing it. Quite well, but sometimes we slip. As a church, we need to be unified, not just at Northgate, but across the entire world, because God's not just looking at Northgate and going, That's my church. He's also looking slightly to the right and he's going, Oh, that's my church over there, and that's my church. And once they leave the building and they go out into the park, That's my church. We are the church of Christ. And with everything that we do within the gospel, learning from it, understanding it, reminding ourselves by its words, we, have needed, we need it to be branded in our hearts. We need to see that there is no greater joy, no greater way of living than abiding into the one who's going to give us strength by looking to the gardener, which is God, and being thankful that we have an expert in knowing what he's doing and looking to Jesus and knowing, divine, that He is going to give us sustenance. He is going to give us a way in which we can continue to grow, continue to expand, not only in our own faith, but in the church, in the kingdom. Jesus isn't saying these things out of rage or frustration. Abide in me and I also in you. If you don't, you're going to die. He's not saying it like that. He's saying it to help us understand the weight of what's going to happen if we don't. What's going to happen if we don't wake up every morning and try our best to put Christ at the center of our heart and take up our cross? Because we are meek and fragile little plants who cannot do it on our own whatsoever. Because the stronger the vine the stronger the branch. If we keep going from verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now abide in my love. If you keep my commands, you will abide in my love, just as I kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. Like I said before, as a church, we have done exceptionally well, haven't we? From where we've been the last year to where we are now, we have to give all of the glory to God, all of it. There are people in this church that we need to praise and thank, but we need to thank God for putting those people in this church to help us get into the new season, which we are so excited for. I may not be on staff after this, but I'm excited to see what this church has in store. I'm excited to see what the community has to say about how, what Northgate's going to do. Because we are a gospel-centered church. And we are part of the vine that stretches beyond these four walls. Because if it wasn't for Jesus' death and resurrection, we wouldn't be able to say that. We wouldn't be able to call Him Father. We wouldn't be able to say and believe in our hearts that He is Lord. And it is because of His love. So if you ever have doubts in your own mind, in your own heart, in your own understanding of the gospel about how to abide in Him, look, you don't have to get up at six in the morning and read your Bible. If you miss a prayer night, that's okay. If sometimes you're feeling a little bit down and you can't really be bothered to go to Bible study, that's all right. Because it says in verse 9, Abide in my love. And that's where you'll get your strength from. Because Jesus' death came out of love. Every day we need to feel the presence of His love. And on a day like today, when we celebrate our loving mothers, we also need to celebrate more so, sorry mums, our loving Heavenly Father for everything that He's given us and will continue to give us until we see his face in the kingdom and beyond that. So what do you need to replace? What are you abiding in right now that isn't Jesus, that isn't the vine? I encourage you, take an hour out of your day to just sit in your garden and just see what happens not saying you'll see anything grow, that'll take a lot longer, but you don't know what you'll see, you don't know what God will put on your heart and make your thoughts stir. Abide in my love. In verse 11, I've told you this, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. What does that verse mean to you? And of everything that we've talked about this morning, what does joy look like when you're abiding in Him? Let's pray. Our Father, our Gardener, we thank You that You have given us Your Son. You help us to grow every day. You love us every day. We pray that as we stumble and fall and abide ourselves into the wrong things that you will just help us you will put in our hearts you will put in our minds you will help us to see that we are meek and fragile we are broken lord without you and we do not want to wither and we do not want to disappear we ask for your forgiveness and we thank you for this church. We thank you for all churches around the world that are preaching your name, that are doing it in secret, that are doing it publicly. We pray that you will return. We pray that you will help us to see your glory and shine a light in this darkened world. We thank you that you are a strong vine and that we can get strength as a branch, Lord. Amen.